Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to the American Innovator, day 12 of our epic journey beyond Band of Brothers across Europe. Today we go to Nuremberg. Now, Nuremberg became a central nervous system for the Nazi party. This is where they held a lot of their rallies. They built a lot of huge structures that most of them they did not finish. And this one particularly is like their Congress Hall, where they would have upwards of 40,000 members of the political party meet, but they never finished it. This was actually a covered arena, one and a half times bigger than the Colosseum. It was really a staggering size of it was overwhelming when you're inside of it it was just like oh my gosh this is crazy and they were only going to use this once a year one day a year for the entire nazi party and the people in the political structure to meet and have hitler speak to them this is what it was supposed to look like when it was finished i don't even know how they would build the ceiling this is what it looked like under construction but when the war started in 1939 that's when they had to cease construction of it because they had to put all their money and efforts into the war effort, particularly on the Eastern Front with the Russians. As we look back over the lake, you can see it there, all covered with granite. The outside looked pretty complete. The roof structure was not done. Then they were gonna build this arena that held 400,000 people and they built a mock-up of it on the side of a hill to see whether or not people could actually see down into the arena and they found out it was actually too big. And then this is Zeppelin Field and this is really the main place that Hitler used for rallies. The rallies would sometimes last about a week at a time. Hundreds of thousands of people were there. Look at the size of the, the gathering. It was just huge and Hitler would stand up there and speak and get everybody all pumped up. Now we actually got to go to Zeppelin Field walk around and see what it was like. This is actually at the top of Zeppelin Field and right down there is where Hitler would stand and address the masses. And then Hitler's architect Albert Speer created this massive light show that shines six kilometers up into the sky. But then the Nuremberg War Trials in 1945. This is the actual courtroom where it was held, courtroom number 600. We were not able to get into it this time because there was actually a case being heard there. It's still being used, but we went into the museum and got to see all the displays and videos of the trial actually taking place with all the Nazis that were put on trial. Uh, many of them were hung. Some of them committed suicide, like Goring, uh, head of the Air Force but it was an interesting display to see what had happened. And I think probably the most fascinating thing was at the end of the display, it showed all the war crimes that are in current time in the last 10 years in Sarajevo with Milosevic, who died in prison in The Hague, and then many of the other African leaders who also committed war crimes. Just a cautionary tale to all of us to know history and to be able to be aware when people start with propaganda, particularly hatred towards another group of people, this is, I think, the life lesson that I've learned from this trip, that anytime you single out a group of people as inferior, particularly for the purpose of propping yourself up, you're in trouble. So one of the guys on our trip, Don, was actually there, and here's a quick interview with him. So I'm walking along here, and I'm with Don, and Don actually served in the military reconnaissance in the Air Force, and served in 60 to 63 here in Germany, is that right? 59 to 63. 59 to 63, flying reconnaissance over Yugoslavia and up the Berlin Corridor, right? One, uh, once in a while, up the Berlin Corridors, once in a while over Yugoslavia, always at night, so you didn't see the antennas hanging up. Right. 
and along the Black Sea once in a while, mostly along the borders between East and West Germany. Wow, and, and so how did you like living in Germany? I loved it. Isn't that amazing? And so, uh, think that we went through a major war like that, right. and then you're, and then not that long after, 45, 62, 63, and you're saying, you know, and, I'm over and, and the Germans were all friendly towards they you. They were friendly, yes. And you were out, in the, out about the town, no problem. Always. I think that's just really an amazing thing that there, we can have a major conflict like that and then be friendly to one another. That's right. I think that is, that is such a huge deal. I know I go to Japan all the time, Don, and the Japanese are so friendly towards us. We had such yeah. a fierce war against them. Yeah, I have a, such, I have still have a lot of friends in Germany, mostly military historians right. now. But, right. Uh, they correspond with, I stay with them when I'm here. It's really it's a great thing. Do you have any idea why that is, Don? Why, why do you think that is? that we're able to be friendly with our former enemies. Well, I think, we, tr I think we treated them pretty well. Right. Uh, didn't try to denigrate them. Right. And also we were all uh, worried about the Soviets. Okay, so we were all more preoccupied. We had the Soviet Union to deal with. That's right. right? And then we treated them fairly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and thank the you. West Berlin, the West Germany, we treated them much better than the Soviets treated them in East uh, Germany. I see, I see. So there's a good contrast there. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for your service. That is really amazing. It was an honor. Okay. So there you have it. Another amazing day. Day 12, Nuremberg, on our epic journey beyond Band of Brothers across Europe. Hello everyone, Paul Akers and welcome back to the American Innovator. We continue our epic journey all throughout Europe, day 13. We leave Munich and we head north to Hamburg, one of the biggest ports in all of Europe. Now, Hamburg is a very special place because it has an amazing collection of World War I and World War II and current day tanks. And this is a tank museum with literally hundreds of tanks. It's really incredible. And right off the bat, it's in my opinion, the most interesting tank in the entire collection, a World War I tank built by the Germans to combat the British tanks, which were so effective in trench warfare. So as you go through this entire museum, you can see all the different generations of tanks starting back from early World War I all the way through to the present day. And the cool thing was I actually took the drone in here and I kind of flew the drone through. So you really got to get a perspective of what they're all about. Check out this Tiger tank. Is this thing bad? Wow.
Now, one of my favorite things about this museum were the cutaway tanks. I actually cut them away through the armor plating, put plexiglass in there, and you could see right inside. You get a feel for what it would be like to be inside of one of these things. I always thought to myself, man, could you imagine how noisy this is when these guns go off? I can't even imagine how people operate inside these things. They just get more and more high tech as you go along. We saw some of the T-34 tanks, the Russian tanks, then T-55s, and then right up through all the different generation of Russian as well as German tanks. Fascinating, look at this one. You got to go right inside of it, got the drone inside of it. You can kind of feel what the cockpit's like. Those are six um, munitions in there for firing. Just an amazing museum, so comprehensive. Everything is so well taken care of. It was really fantastic, and all the different armored personnel carriers and trucks. They had every vintage kind of vehicle you could imagine, but they specialized in tanks, and it was over the top. Now, Hamburg's also a special place because this is where they do a lot of training for their military, as well as they also make tanks in this vicinity, in this area. And one of my friends, Moritz, actually makes the munitions for the German and U.S. military for uh, the tank. So it was very cool. He was actually just at this museum not that long ago. And incredibly enough, Moritz's company actually makes some munitions that go in these tanks. And you can see them right here. They have these special warheads on the tip of them that are kinetic energy. They're made out of a titanium and they have so much energy and force. They don't even explode when they go into the tank. They just pierce the armor and then the energy and momentum creates the explosion. Pretty incredible stuff. And this museum, wow, comprehensive. After this, we're going to go into an area where this is actually Rommel's death mask they made of him and his uniform. And then the uniforms of all different military personnel, particularly German, through the uh, last hundred years. So it's very fascinating. And then after we finished the uniform area, we went into the firearm area and we saw the firearms from the very beginning all the way through including some of the munitions that go into the tank. We had a great time. David did a great job helping me fly the drone and we got some outside shots as well. As we finish up another great day on our Beyond Band of Brothers tour up to Hamburg as we transition from Munich up north.